Welcome to another episode of Manny Talks. I'm your host, Manny De La Cruz, and I appreciate you, as always, for making yourself available to listen to this conversation. Well, today is just me. I'm going to be talking about a couple of classic themes, uh, resumes, skills, and a bit about the uh, STAR method. And this is just a, uh, a combination of topics that I've talked about in the past. I did a, a slew of old episodes with some very bad audio. I did struggle a little bit with the last part of this one, but hey, the audio is definitely better than some of those original episodes. And my intent um, is to revisit some of these items. This uh Advice or this perspective will apply to both uh, students and also early career professionals that are thinking about perhaps making that switch in that uh, first five years of their uh, career. This topic certainly on my mind, just coming off of Nila, had a wonderful time hanging out with uh, my ship familia, and I look forward to seeing everybody at the national conference. And as we're entering the college recruiting season here, in uh, as college is about to ramp up for the fall semester, it's a very relevant topic. Enjoy. So this topic is going to be an oldie, but a good one. So let's begin. Your resume is perhaps the most valuable asset you have when you are pursuing a new career opportunity. Now, if you consider that a potential $50,000 a year salary opportunity, if you consider that 8 by 10 piece of paper, translates to a value of about $625 a square inch. Obviously, the higher the salary, the higher the value of the paper real estate. And I'm not one for gimmicks or promises of magical phrases that will guarantee you success. Additionally, my advice does not focus on cracking the automated resume screening tools. In fact, my advice assumes that you have the opportunity to interact with the recruiter who reads your resume and gets an opportunity to ask you questions. I'm an engineering recruiter, so my advice, while transferable across multiple fields within STEM, perhaps becomes less relevant for industries like in the arts, communication, media, or finance. In my opinion, it comes down to some very basic items. One, use a simple one-page template, and two, focus on your strongest experiences that highlights skills and demonstrated behaviors that you have. So keep your one-page template selection simple and avoid unneeded use of graphics and color. Yes, I did say one page. For your first professional opportunity, telling your story in one page is a realistic expectation. This also holds true if you're an early career person who may be changing jobs, say, within the first uh, five years of your professional experience. Now, if you feel that you can't do that, tell your story in one page. Just know that your peers are doing it and doing it very well. It is true that recruiters will spend seconds, not minutes, screening your resume. So you need to do your part to make your resume easy to read. And just think of how we read the English language, right? We like to, when we're reading, digest information, we read it from left to right, and we tend to read right from top to bottom. 
Also, in this day and age, human nature expects to be hooked rather quickly. What do I mean by that? Think about the behaviors that we've established in consuming information when we are hooked on TikTok and Reels. And when we li- when we look at YouTube videos, our attention spans tend to be short. And for a recruiter, the expectations of being hooked instantly are the same. Okay, so think as your resume as the means to highlight the skills that you have rather than just a chronological list of what you have done, which may or may not be relevant for the opportunity you're trying to pursue. The importance of an item and the relevance are key, so you need to prioritize what sections you're going to use. And I'm talking about prioritize the way stuff shows up on your resume. Is it leadership first, technical experience, hobbies, etc.? Got to consider what should come first. As a recruiter screens your resume, they're trying to determine if, if you're a critical thinker, if you're capable of analyzing data, if you're adaptable in a variety of circumstances, and overall, are you a fit for the role that, you're, that they're trying to fill? The recruiter is also evaluating if the items listed support the development of these type of skills that I just mentioned. The more you do to find out what the potential role is, for example, doing research on company websites or participating in company meet and greets or even networking within LinkedIn and trying to find people that may have that position or that work for that company, the more of that homework that you do ahead of time, the more you can do to tailor your resume to the opportunity that you're seeking. So when the recruiter starts asking you questions, they're also trying to evaluate your communication skills. And they're also trying to now confirm the hunch that they had during screening, right? So while they were screening your resume, they had a pretty good idea. Hey, maybe this is someone that has these skills, someone that can communicate so that throughout the entire interaction, they're trying to verify their hunch. So how you answer should highlight your skills and the established behaviors that make you an ideal choice. You have to be aware that there is a difference in response at the recruiting table. So in those cases, those responses will be brief during the longer responses you might give during an actual interview, right? And in this case, you should be thinking about the STAR method. So my advice is keep it simple. Highlight the skills and behaviors. Don't just create a random list of bullet points. And if you're scratching your head on what exactly a skill or established behavior means, then that's what we're going to cover now. A skill is one of those items that can be hard to define. It's easy to name some of the obvious skill categories like critical thinking, being a fast learner having good communication, or a technical skill like coding or drafting or modeling. But defining other types of skills can be a taller order that do require some thought and strategy. And being able to talk about the skills is going to require some thought and strategy. In the last 11 years, I've probably screened thousands of resumes, and more often than not, my initial assessment is that a resume tends to be a laundry list of tasks that someone accomplished with maybe some hints of skills mentions versus what it truly should be, which it should be a captivating showcase 
of skills that a person possesses or skills that they have developed over time. And then that might be my inkling when I first screen the resume. And then my suspicions are confirmed in instances where I ask a candidate about their experience at, say, an internship or at a job. And the description that they give me also falls short of communicating the needed message. And that needed message being, I have relevant skills and this is what they are. And this is how my proof through this experience that I have them. So put yourself in the recruiter's shoes. They have maybe five minutes at the recruiting table and maybe an hour in an interview to get the highlights of your story and to determine if there's a potential match to a role that they're trying to fill. And while there will be some unconscious bias that plays into their decision, a large and more important part of their decision will come down to the skills that you have and the requirements of that role that they're trying to fill. So for an entry-level role, the short evaluation time only allows for assessment of some key skills. And in my opinion, in the short time, more often than not, these skills are going to be critical thinking, adaptability, your interpersonal skills, a view as to whether or not there's a job fit and what skills you have that fit to match that job fit, and then overall, an evaluation of your communication. So let's get a little bit into what uh, defines these skills. Critical thinking, this is going to have to do with the ability for you to understand a problem, your ability to identify the variables of that problem, identify what resources you may need, what you're going to, uh, whether they're going to be something that you need to read or people, what people do you need to talk to? And are you able to identify that? Are you able to read data sets? Are you able to look at those data sets and draw conclusions from that data? And then ultimately, can you take this entire breakdown of a problem and provide a needed answer? We're looking at adaptability. Adaptability has to do with a person's ability to confront changes in a plan. Uh, are you able to properly digest the feelings associated with change? Are you able to regroup if, if those feelings take you back? And then are you able to then progress in completing an item? And you also, within adaptability, have to consider whether or not you know yourself and do you know when you should ask for help? And ultimately, are you able to deliver results uh, and as you adapt in a situation? When we get to interpersonal skills, now this has to do with your ability to perhaps work in teams, right? Most people call this teamwork, but there's more to it within interpersonal. It, within this skills category, uh, it may also be critical for a recruiter to understand whether or not you're able to manage conflict. Conflict not only amongst your peers, but also conflict with other groups that you're having to work with. Uh, do you know uh, how to engage in conversations about conflict? Like, do you can you start to manage it peer to peer or are you automatically running to a supervisor to tr try and solve your problem? Obviously, as you become a professional you know, we're adults and there's an expectation that every time that there's conflict, you two adults or a group of adults should be able to hash it out. And a supervisor is not a referee. 
um, within interpersonal, you know, it's not just about conflict. It has to do with interactions with groups, right? And sometimes uh, it's important to understand whether or not you have the potential to influence in a situation without having direct authority. So can you help facilitate uh, a work item by influencing other folks maybe that don't necessarily report to you to act and to help progress work. And then also within interpersonal, especially in the field, in STEM fields, how you value support roles. And these are the roles I'm talking about, technicians, admins, aides, you know, mechanics, if you're in some sort of manufacturing, how you interact with that segment of the uh, of the of the population and whether or not you're able to adjust between the requirements of working within those that level of of the organization with your peers let's say you're an engineering or scientist within your peer group but also are you able to interact above right managers executives and so on so uh but I'll stick to this one I I kind of started talking about the upper portion of of the reporting structure but definitely how you value those support roles is something that uh would be evaluated in your interpersonal capabilities. Then there's this overall job fit, right? Are you, do the skills that you have demonstrate a potential match with the specific role? Um, in order to influence this, do you have an understanding of the kind of work that you want to do? Does, do you want to have field work or do you prefer to be in a lab? Do you prefer to be in an office? Do you want to be a designer? Do you want to manage numbers? Do you want to, you know, be a technical writer? Like understanding the type of work that you want to do will help you through your resume communicate and help emphasize why you are a shoe-in for a role. Now, within JobFit, this is where technical skills will come up, right? So if you have an understanding of what roles being tried to fill. I talked earlier about doing some research about the role. This is where your technical skills, if somebody needs some specific coding, some drafting, someone that knows ASME code or somebody that knows how to do project management and they want a PMP certification. This is where technical skills get highlighted in within what I'm calling this job fit category. The last one's communication. Now, this is an ongoing evaluation occurring at all stages of an interaction with your with the recruiter. It all starts with, uh, you know, your elevator pitch. Are you clear with your explanation and your answers? Do you do well providing context for your previous work experience? And this to me is where candidates, early career students, this is where they tend to probably have the most opportunity for development. In setting up the stage, like sometimes they'll have an internship and they run right into trying to explain the work that they did or try to highlight a skill, but they completely miss the part of setting up the scene, right? What's the background? I was working at company ABC within the alpha group and the group's responsibility were one, two, three. And as an intern, I got to serve as a, as in the role you know, uh, of intern, but I had to do items one, two, three, 
And so setting up the stage and giving context for the answer that, you know, that you're going to provide that will highlight that skills, that is a critical item that requires some thought. And I'm starting to bleed now into if, if you're if this sounds like the star method, it does. Right. The very the S in in star is for situation. And that is the most critical part to me of an answer. If you can't set up the stage of the situation that you were in, by the time you get into the if you you start bleeding into task and you start bleeding into the actions and the results without a proper S, the rest of the response becomes uh, weak and confusing. And you end up having to recycle and say, well, take me back. And anytime that a recruiter has to recycle or the more follow-up questions that they had to ask, sometimes they may be struggling to establish and understand what the S is. The more time is spent doing that, the less time you have to fully tell your story. So recruiters may be thinking beyond the initial role, right? So at this stage, no one is thinking short-timer. So being able to showcase that you have and can continue to develop skills is key when convincing the recruiter that you have the potential for advanced roles in the future. So you should ask yourself, does my resume go beyond a list and does it showcase my skills and proven behaviors of development and progression? As you're writing your resume, you should ask yourself, what skills do I want to highlight with this entry? You have to look for themes of repetition of a single skill. So if you're doing your resume and you keep seeing every item says, I'm adaptable, I'm adaptable, I'm adaptable. Is that the strategy that you're looking for or do you need to mix it up? At the end of the day, this is your story that you're trying to tell. So do yourself a favor, put some thought into it, be strategic about it and ensure that you're doing all you can to highlight your narrative that you've been working so hard to put together. At this point, I'd be remiss if I didn't sit there and have a conversation around the STAR method. You heard me allude to it a couple of times already throughout um, the episode. And if you haven't already done so, you need to spend some time Googling the STAR method and then uh, also to couple that, Google some behavioral-based interview questions. And we'll get into the behavioral-based questions at some other time. But since I've already started to poke around on this uh, topic of the star method, I want to go back. And I did an episode a long time ago called Be the Star. But in, in, the, in essence, I'm going to throw it some of the highlights into this one for the purposes of just having one good big discussion around resume skills. And then when you're being asked about them, how to apply uh, the star method. I mentioned already the S situation. That is probably the most important one. You have to set the scene. You have to help the person that you're trying to communicate with understand what was the situation that you were in? What was the type of work that you were doing? And this is extremely critical. As I've already mentioned, if you do a bad job doing this, the rest of it just starts to fall apart. You find yourself recycling and wasting time. So then the task. Okay. So if you're able to set up the context, if you're able to set the scene, 
what exactly were you doing? This is where some candidates start to fall apart and they are inclined to start talking about the we. We did this and we did that and we had to go over here and we had to design and implement and make a recommendation. That is a terrible approach. If ever there was a moment for you to talk about yourself, it's when you're having an interaction with the recruiter and when you're trying to tell your story. So as you're talking about the task, make sure that it is extremely clear what you had to do. Okay. I had to do A, B, and C. And as we roll into what were the actions that you took, again, extremely critical that you are talking about your contribution. It can be, I have interviewed people where I walk away feeling very neutral about the interview that I just had somebody. And a lot of times that has to do with that person's ability to talk about the work that they did and being able to explain concisely their contributions, their thought process, how they approach stuff. In this case, I'm still talking about this realm of the actions that they took. And it does, and I walk away feeling very neutral because that part wasn't very strong. I'll take the time again to say, hey, maybe because folks may spend too much time talking about we and not enough about I and not giving enough uh, depth of uh, uh, in their answer and leveraging the uh, the opportunity to, as they're talking about the actions, highlight the skills that they imp implemented. You know, uh, we just spent some time talking about, you know, critical thinking and trying to convince somebody that there's methods to the way you approach problems, how you're adaptable right? How you work with people. So you have to be in your response, in your actions at the part of the star, when you're talking about the actions that you took, be mindful of how you're going to sprinkle the message that says, I, because of the skills that I have, and because of the behaviors that I've implemented, I was able to accomplish these actions within this situation and the tasks that we were trying to complete. And I go back to the action. So the last one's the R is R is results. What was the final outcome? That's just a nice way to call it the conclusion. Uh, this is a great opportunity for you not just to talk about like, okay, we increased productivity or I was able to deliver the project on time or I was able to make a, a gazillion dollars. Don't stop there. Really, as a part of the results, if you're able to throw in there how you grew within a skill set, how maybe at the beginning of the item, you may have been at one level with the skill by the time you were complete. You also learned something about yourself, were able to further develop in your professional journey, in a skill. You established a new behavior. You were able to get feedback and you're coming out better as a result of the, the, the situation that you were in. Then you have to be strategic in sprinkling that out in the R portion of the um, star. Ultimately, this is your story. Do yourself a favor. Do a little planning. Ask some questions. Have a strategy so that you can put your best foot forward in telling your story that you've been working so hard to accomplish.